Whoa, a hot shot liner. Zach Ralph flying through the air and making the catch. York's no choice but to just stand and applaud. Mr. Burger. Bites is recorded on location in Ozark, Missouri and presented on Anchor. The views expressed on Burger Bites are not necessarily those of the staff and ownership of the Grip and Rip Baseball League. Enjoy the show. There's a baseball league in Ozark, Missouri, and sometimes it gets characterized as a league for old men. Some of the people who play in the Grip and Rip Baseball League self-identify as old men. I'm an old man playing baseball, but it didn't feel like you were playing in an old man league. It really took you back to being in college and giving my kids an opportunity to see me play ball. But there's a rumbling in the Ozarks. The Burger Bites podcast catalog is full of stories from guys in the 35 and older category who have defied the clock and continued to play high-level baseball. Today, we're going to meet some of the young guns, the hungry lions, the faces of the future. Between them, they have more than 40 hits, 20 runs batted in, countless defensive highlights, four all-star selections, and two of them played for the 2021 GRBL champion Moon City Mavericks. Nixa Suckers pitcher Kyle Carpenter. Springfield Mets outfielder Chandler Maples, Ozark Mountain Ducks catcher Trevin Beatty, Moon City Mavericks utility infielder Zach Ralph, and catcher Cole Hazelhorst sit down for a roundtable discussion. We break down the friendships that have formed between the five of them, along with some rivalries. While they come from different places, they're all 25 or younger, and they share a common love of getting to play baseball again. We will, as the kids say, chop it up on the Future Faces episode of Burger Bites. We begin with Zach Ralph, a second-year man from Springfield, Missouri, who went to Parkview High School, who had a 438 on-base percentage for Moon City and helped recruit some of his closest friends into the grip and rip. Me, Chandler, Cole, and Kyle all play on the same softball team. I don't really know how we came together exactly. I believe I came from Davin Roselle. He's the one that told me to... Uh, I actually did in the softball. Um, he told me I should. He told me about the GRBL. Um, it was actually on the way to a paintball trip one time. He told me about all this, and just a few days later, I think I was in touch with Chandler and their group chat about softball. And like maybe a couple weeks later, I was in one of their games. And from there on, we became friends. We became buddies. We became homies. And, and since then, uh, it's just been great. We've had a great time playing with each other, and it's been a lot of fun to be on each other on opposite teams sometimes. Unless of Kyle's pitching, I really hate hitting off of that dude but um nobody likes other than that yeah that's insane trevin i met trevin through workouts um him and i just clicked pretty easily he he threw some shade i threw some shade and we were like okay yeah you're pretty good we can handle each other like and and since then we just kind of clicked too yeah and i'm not sure if zach started on the softball team before me he might have started a year before me but i know cole and then i know davin roselle i know he used to play in the league too from uh, missouri state club baseball cole was my catcher in club baseball as well and then you know a year after that ended introduced me to chandler who's kind of organizes our softball team so am i hearing this right chandler maples you're some sort of slow pitch kingpin kingpin if you would have seen our team the first couple years it was more just uh, I probably would have fired and let, got my pink slip away before then. And then the best thing Davin Roselle ever did for me was introduce me to Zach and then brought in Kyle and Cole. And now we are pretty good. 
and we, yeah, they didn't quit for us, but I'm not mad about it because we are quite good. We, we kind of run the Monday night show up at Killian and we have a good time doing it. So it's, it's a great time. Trevin, you just, you fit into this mix GRBL and onward, I guess, for these guys. No. So like Zach and I, after the first year, we kind of just started like getting together, hitting and throwing at a Kickapoo and sometimes at Ozark. And then I think it was like a few weeks before tryouts. I met Cole through that and, uh, Cole came once and I was like, yeah, this guy's pretty good. And uh, that's to say that Zach was just hitting us consistently in the batting cages. So I couldn't really see how well Cole could actually hit the ball. And then he got on the mound and I was like, okay, yeah, this guy's a, this guy can throw. But it wasn't until tryouts that I was like, saw him catch and I was like, oh yeah, this guy's a catcher. He can't throw strikes. That's what matters. He cannot throw a strike. I mean, you can't either, though. That's the thing. You can catch him, though. Uh, hey, I'm a shortstop. I don't need to pitch. All right. <laughs> did pitch this season, though, Zach. We can't forget about that. That was, that was, a, that was not a good time. All right. <laughs> For you, that might not have been a good time. I was having fun. Hey, well, I was having a great time, except we had were missing four of our players, and now I have to go in and pitch, which was fun. I would wanted to. In a, in a different situation, it would have been fantastic. Well, so, so pitching is out of Zach's system. I will not take that any further but uh, I know I was you know I had watched Zach throw some bullpens in the offseason so you know regardless of outcome I was just glad to see him get the chance all right let's talk about first impressions in the grip and rip and I'm going to start this one with Chandler actually since he was uh, of the five of you he was the first one to play in a GRBL game so tell me some of the things going through your mind you know that that first tryout and then uh, your first day as a yogi it was wild it was a blur all at once. As someone who decided not to play college baseball, it was a great opportunity to get out there and kind of show that I could have done that and I can compete at this level. And something that we talk about all the time is just the friendships you make. That was That's the biggest thing that we'll all take away from this is the guys you meet, the fun you have on the field while also stepping in the batter's box with guys trying to strike you out. That's just a feeling you'll never be able to replicate in real life. And getting a chance to do that again in the GRBL it's just something I'll never be able to repay. It's so much fun. And now getting to share it with these guys, it brings a whole nother dynamic to the thing. It's it's so fun. Yeah, so Zach, uh, you and Trevin came in. Uh, you were kind of the next, I guess, to, to break in 2020. Uh, yeah, Zach, what about you, man? What do you uh, recall from that first tryout and then uh, subsequently your first day as a Moon City Maverick? I mean, as far as the first few days, the tryout was... I mean, it, it, it just felt good to be back out there again on a field, like in pants. Like it's just like like Chandler said, not deciding to play college and kind of thinking that it was done from there on out. And jumping into softball was was nice and fun, but the the mental battle just wasn't there. You know, the battle between like pitching and what he's going to throw next, and just you know knowing the people in the field and and being able to compete with your friends and things like that. There's just a different competition in baseball, and there's a different competition when your friends are there. It's not something that I want to take for granted. You don't know how many games you have left. You don't know how much time you have left with each guy. And, and meeting these guys, meeting Chandler, Cole, Trevin, Kyle, uh, my teammates in the past, I mean, it's just been it's been so much fun. It's been amazing. It's been a great time to be able to reconnect people and to be able to meet new friends. It's been great. 
And Trevin, we've talked about this on a previous episode, but I remember your first impression was just how large some of the human beings were at tryouts, you know, guys like Brock Chaffin. But yeah, you, you found yourself on the Springfield Metropolitans, which was also, in addition to being a bunch of physically large guys, it was a bunch of really talkative and social guys. So, uh, you know, I would imagine it was, you, you kind of had to, to be social right away. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. They were really welcoming. I really enjoyed playing with Brock. You know, he just kept things light in the dugout. And I mean, Toby and I hit it off really well. Him and I, you know, still hang out and hit all the time. And, you know, just a lot of those guys, Jose, he was also one of those guys that's really fun to be around. But just the whole team in general was really opening. We just went out there and just let it all hang out. Just just played baseball. We didn't, you know, we didn't let the next pitch worry us or like, so what? we struck out. We're going to bounce back next inning and score like five runs. It was really cool. Chandler, you've got a, you know, I understand, you know, you and Brock Chaffin have a very interesting dynamic. I love Brock so much, but I know <laughs> you always hear these guys once they get called up to the major leagues, they have their welcome to the show moment. Well, I can remember that first year with the Yogis, we were teammates, and there's, you get suited up and you're like, I'm in the same lineup as that guy. That was my welcome to the GRBL moment, being in the lineup with Brock Chaffin and watching him hit the ball 400 feet towards the scoreboard, and you're like, Wow, this this is the real deal. That was my welcome back to baseball moment, and I'll never forget it. Right, moving forward to uh, to 2021 a little bit, Kyle. I definitely remember you from tryouts because uh, you know several of the managers took notice of uh, your breaking pitches in the bullpen, and I I kind of felt like you could have landed in a number of spots. But you know, what do you remember about that tryout? Yeah, well, I don't Kyle, know. Hold hold on, Kyle. I need to I need to preface something here. In order to make a great knuckleball pitcher look great, you do need to have somebody that can make them look good. So I, I do want to take just a hair to say that I might have helped Kyle out there for his first bullpen. Have you found that catcher yet, Kyle? Or are you still looking? No, it's no. Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> I got you guys. All right, Kyle. With that out of the way, you had a great showing. I, you know, I'm just kind of curious. Uh, you got some attention right away. You know, Daniel England, Courtney Spitz, and Brock Chaffin were all asking you a lot of questions. But uh, you know, how uh, how overwhelmed or or underwhelmed were you? I mean, I really I really didn't know what to expect at all. We'd been out of it for a couple of years. I know that's kind of what the GRBL is about. You know, you know, for guys that need a second chance, maybe not need it, but wanted a second chance to play baseball again. So you know, I definitely got to throw a few warm up bullpens with Cole the weeks leading up to the tryout and things like that, and then getting a long toss at. Uh, Playing softball was always fun, so I didn't really know what to expect. I knew I was going to be able to throw strikes and stuff, and I know that my stuff moves a lot. I got a good knuckler, so you know I was just hoping something good would happen. All right, well, Cole, you do not seem like the kind of guy that gets nervous, and you had several friends who were in the grip and rip already, so how were your nerves that first tryout 2021 when you uh, got thrown right into the bullpen to, to catch uh, friends and strangers alike? First, I'd want to talk about it in... I, I took a little bit of a different path than I'd say a lot of the other guys that we're sitting here talking with. As everybody knows, I'm not quite as old as Chandler and Zach and Kyle. And I don't even know how old Trevin is. But I had literally just left high school probably two years ago. So doing that kind of stuff, finishing out those high school playoffs and then deciding not to go play college baseball and coming up here to do different things it was kind of almost saying yeah let's turn the page on baseball and be and be done with it but then you get up here and the club team was a thing and you got to meet some of those people Gavin Kyle were both on that team getting that kind of vibe to play again saying hey maybe it's not time to be done with this and then kind of shutting it off again and playing a lot of softball and 
not being old enough to try out yet. So watching watching them have fun for that year that both Chandler and Zach got to play and not being able to go out there and play yet, that, that kind of stung a little bit. And then we finally got to, uh, I guess, call it age out and get to go play, starting to come out there for the first time again. Man, do I really still have any of this left? I want to, you know, kind of see what we got. Kyle's correct in what we said. We went out to the Missouri State Fields for probably 10 days before the tryouts. So, nah, we threw once or twice and said, wow, man, that elbow doesn't feel at all how it used to feel. We're going to have to let that one cool off here for a second. And it slowly started to come back. I could tell that he was starting to, to feel it again. And then when we got to the, the tryouts and stuff, I, I really had no idea what to expect. I knew from playing softball with Zach, Zach was – a heck of a shortstop and a heck of a hitter and i said if he's if he's doing okay in the league i should be worried because i'm definitely not as good as he is so getting there and seeing that first day hitting around catching the bullpens one it felt just really good to say you know i still can do this and there's no reason to be done with this and we can still you know meet new people make new friends do that kind of thing I will say the the moment that really made it worth it at the uh, the first tryout. There's two, but uh, one we were all standing out there for batting practice, and uh, I think I caught a fly ball or got hit by a fly ball while laying down out in left field, and uh, everybody was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "I think it landed on my shin guard." But after that, I think Cole Rourke walked out there and said, uh, "Hey man, you, uh, you want to come catch me one time real quick?" And I said, "Well, that's probably a good thing to hear from that guy." So yeah, we'll go catch him real quick. The rest of the day, we went uh, went home and listened to the radio. Well, I think, weirdly enough, uh, that session with Cole Rourke is probably what got you drafted by Daniel England in the second round. Uh, you know, what do you I remember? Don't... I'm really curious because, you know, I did not know you at all on draft day, but, you know, I knew Daniel England, and I kind of knew a little bit about what his game plan was going into that. So what do you remember about uh, your first conversation with him and, and what, if any, uh, expectations he put on you? Well, certainly there was one thing was uh, when we were listening to the, the first rounds of the draft and stuff and everybody heard that he took Clay Murphy. Of course, me being me, I don't know who Clay is. I do now, and I love the guy. He's, he's amazing. But uh, at the time, I kind of was like, okay. And I remember talking to Coach England for the first time, and he said, uh, you are here to catch this guy. I said, if I'm if I'm strictly just a supplemental piece to somebody, then I was like, this guy's got to be really good. And the first time he whipped out a slider, I was like, yeah. I said, I I can make this guy work. I'm gonna, I'm going to use him here for this last inning, and we're just going to have fun with this. And he's one of the nicest guys that I think I've ever ever met. If you know, if you didn't know it, that you'd have no idea that, that guy's got an MVP and you know a zero zero ERA through a season. He's just a humble guy, and just for him to kind of be like, yeah, you know, I'll let this new guy work with me a little bit and see what he can do, and by the end of the season to be able to to kind of go back and forth where I think me and him also also had a couple counts where we would go, you know, how about a fastball? How about a, you know, how about a curveball? No. How about a slider? No. How about a changeup? I'm like, I don't know how many more pitches you got, man. I said, that's, that's all I got. And eventually we started to dial it in, and it, we realized it was just sliders. So after getting done with him, that was kind of – where it all started to click and kind of, I think, what Coach England expected of me. I just want to pop back over to Chandler. So, you know, you're the the senior most guy in the group, I guess, having having been in the league for a total of three seasons now. I want to flash back to, uh, I guess, 2020 draft day because 
this was this was the Chandler Maples comeback year. Uh, this was you know after going undrafted in 2019, we see you back at tryouts. So talk me through you know what you were feeling that first game, that first at bat, which you know resulted in a base hit and a double. I mean that had to have been tremendous. Uh, that feeling is just a feeling you you kind of never forget. That feeling of being passed over and somebody doubting you. I know. I, I wasn't expecting to go out there to be a top pick, but I know that I, I should have been on one of those teams. So I, of course I had something to prove and coming out there and doing it with, with Brock as my manager. And we've been friends since that first season I played, I was like, I need to show this guy why he drafted me. So going out there on that first at bat of the season and showing him, Hey, I've got something here. I can still play ball and we're going to win some games. It just, it was really, it just, it just really felt good. It's a feeling I'll never forget. And, the whole season just snowballed from there. We, it was a, one of my, probably my best year yet. And being named an all-star was just to top it all off. It was, it felt so good. I don't know why people pitched to Chandler Maples first at bat of the season. Cause he's, uh, he's going to be trouble. <laughs> you should ask Kyle what happens on, I'm a first pitch, pitch hitter. Hopefully none of the other pitchers listening to this, but ask, ask Kyle what happens. You throw me a first pitch fastball. Chandler Maples puts this one up and down. The hot hitting continues for Maples as he drives in a run and the Metropolitans are on the board. 10-2-1. Chandler Bats just, he didn't get hot, he just stayed hot. I'm going with unearned run there though. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I would go unearned there. So now 3-4-9 is Chandler Maples hitting 333 on base percentage north of 400. Get this guy some opportunities. I won't do it again. I think he, <laughs> did I did you get another at bat off me that game? No, I went one for okay, one. Yeah, he's one for I one hope, on me and I get to hear it forever. I right, hope I never much get to you again. <laughs> We'll have to do some bullpens in the cage, some live bullpens in the cage here, Chandler. I'll try not to hit you. We talked about this at bat leading up to the moment for months. And to get up there, see one pitch, put it over shortstop for a single, I'm good for life off Kyle. I hope I keep that 1,000 batting average forever. With all the hype, I really didn't think he was going to be swinging first pitch, but I'd never faced him before. Now I know first pitch, he loves him. Easy for you to say, I got a knuckleball. Well, you're yeah, Cole. You, you you knew what was coming. Come on, Kyle had uh, Kyle had settled in by that point of the year. <laughs> so I want to ask this of of Zach and Trevin. You know, being that you guys just finished up your second years. You know, I know for a lot of guys, the rookie year is just like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm playing baseball again, and and that's really what it is. Talk to me about that transition from first year to second. You know, what do you go through mentally, psychologically? You know, d- does, the, does the seriousness ratchet up a little bit? Absolutely. Definitely going from tryouts 2020 to tryouts 2021 was a big difference because you know people now. You know, you're, you're comfortable. You know, you're not, you know, scared you're going to miss a, you know, miss a fly ball or make a bad throw to second or not hit the ball hard. So, like, going into the tryouts in this past year was... It, I mean, I was able to just take it a lot easier, you know, because I knew I kind of had a good feeling that I did enough to uh, make a team this year. You know, I didn't know, you know, people like Cole were going to come try out and uh, make catchers look good again. So, uh, no, I mean, Just it was doing just, my job. Yeah. Hey, you and I are on the same team this next year. Any coaches here and right now? Coming in this year, it's like I had a lot, a lot more goals. I'm like, okay, now it's time to get to work. Let's, uh, you know, let's make a team. You know, let's be a starter. Let's actually uh, – hit the baseball a lot better than I did the year prior. But uh, no, it was just a lot more, 
being able to settle in, you know, those nerves are worn out. I mean, first game of the season against the Mets this past year, you know, the championship rematch, there was a lot of nerves in that game just because, you know, the big game feel. But as the season progressed, it was really, it was really easy to settle in. And just the Ozark Mountain Ducks, the, just that whole team was, you know, we meshed really well together. So it made things a lot easier. And then Zach, for you, uh, you know, new year, same franchise, if you will, and then same manager, but new teammates. So, I mean, from year one to year two, Dan was amazing to start. I mean, he's an amazing coach in the dugout, out of the dugout. I just love to be around the guy. But really from year one to year two, I wanted my boys out there. I wanted my friends out there. I wanted to see Cole. I wanted to see Kyle. I wanted to see Nick Young. I wanted to see some guys out there that I knew could bring it. And not only not that I not that I didn't think that the GRBL could bring it, because I knew they could, but just some guys to make it more competitive, to make it, you know, make it just bring it up. And so my whole focus on on last year was to bring my boys in. And from from season one to season two, I did not make any improvements by by any means. But um our team did. So that's that's what was awesome. I mean I brought my boys in and we won a championship. You know, sorry Kyle. And so, like, just for everything to kind of happen the way it did for us to have the season we did, it was so much fun. It was a great time. I was I was just worried about getting my getting my money back for getting my friends in there. That's all. No, well, it was just a great season. And Zach, I know you know for you personally, the number of hits went down, but you got hit by more pitches. You walked more. Your OBP actually did not fall off. I know it probably didn't feel like it, and I know nobody signs up thinking oh obp like you know, that's gonna be me this year but you know all was not lost and, I, and i'm sure that the uh the championship champagne at the end uh definitely balanced the scales so to speak see cole you there's a reason why you weren't in the league before you were 21 is because you can't drink the champagne you can't have the champagne that's why and so now that you're in the league we can have the champagne <laughs> you'll probably make fun of me i still have the bottle it's over on my like too. desk. It's that, that's that's gonna go next to like my like firstborn's birth certificate or something. <laughs> so that's like, I still have the I still have the uh, the ball that Clay threw the last strikeout with is still in my uh, my baseball bag. He he'd probably laugh because I, I remember talking to Clay one time after the the game after he threw that last strikeout. I had never won anything like that, so I didn't really react, and I just kind of yeah. walked out to him. and He goes. You realize we won, right? And I'm like, "Oh yeah, we did." And there, you can see in the uh, the recording that there there's a there's a light bulb moment. And I went straight for Nick Bacon and Jacob Carlson running in from the outfield and started jumping at him for no reason. I think I scared both of those guys. I didn't really know we won either, and I was just I just kind of looked up. And honestly, this sounds so bad, and I'm sorry, King Owens. I'm so sorry. But whenever he slammed his bat down and, and like he was so mad because he be, he realized he lost, I, that's whenever I realized we won. I was like, why is he so? Oh crap, we just won! Like that 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 just happened. Like I was like, oh my god. And so like I didn't process it either. And then I was like, oh, we gotta meet them in the middle now. Like we gotta celebrate. That's how this works. And so I was just I I hadn't even processed it. If you know Zach, that is the most Zach response I've ever heard in my entire life. Is he did not win the championship until he saw somebody else be mad that they lost. That's Zach to a T. That's usually I'm my sorry. job. I'm, I'm sorry. supposed to be upset. I, I'm, I let you know how we're doing based on how upset I am. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You walked back to the pitchers, man. I was like, well, this guy's, we didn't win that. <laughs> All right, I think, I think it's uh, time to move on from the championship. Right, well, okay, and that, Trevin, you segue perfectly. I'm, I don't want to pile on here or anything, but, you know, the fact of the matter is you've, you've been in the league two seasons. You have... 
played in two championship games. If you could do it over again, you know, is there anything you think you could have done differently to change the outcome this past year? Uh, I mean, I know from past uh, podcast episodes, you know, just having all of our guys on the field at the same time has been big, especially with the Mets. I mean, not having Jose in that championship game was big. Honestly, personally, I don't, I don't know. I wasn't, I, I really felt like I left it all out on the field. You know, I did everything I could to help my team win. Uh, I mean, there's definitely some at-bats looking back, you know, that I wish I would have taken a different approach. But, I mean, all in all, especially against Clay Murphy, he's a great guy for the league. You know, he's one of the faces of the league. And, uh, you know, just being able to play against him and compete against him is, uh, you know, he's one of my favorite pitchers to even catch, like in tryouts or, you know, just to hang around him and Angler, top two favorites. But, I mean, just being able to compete with him, you know, and realize, like, this guy is, you know, big time. He could have if he didn't get hurt, you know, who knows where he could be. But uh, being able to compete with him and all these guys, I mean, because there's no slouches in the league, everybody is a solid ball player, which, you know, is, is super awesome. So. And Trevin, you know, you've caught, you caught some great pitchers in 2021. You caught Chris Matlock, you caught Nick Young, who ended up winning Pitcher of the Year. And then, you know, you caught King Owens, who had what I would argue is the best of his six seasons as a pitcher. So... How have you developed, do you think, just as a guy who can handle, you know, some of the best pitchers? And then with that Ducks team in particular, you know, those three guys all kind of bring that, uh, they, they bring it. They, they have a certain mental approach to the game that is what I would say is, is very intense. So yeah. I would imagine it's, it's interesting as a catcher to handle that kind of fighting spirit out there. Absolutely. I mean, it's a lot of fun, you know, kind of a throwback to um, the Mets. I was really just kind of trying to not necessarily go through the motions, but kind of just figure out, you know, luckily enough, Matt Locke and I were on the same team, but, uh, you know, just figuring out, and it took a little longer than this past year because Nick and I started throwing, you know, really early right after the draft, you know, him and I get together, I'd catch his bullpens. And I mean, just, I think the biggest thing is building that relationship with your pitcher and also doing enough scouting on other hitters in the league to know what they can't hit, you know, for lack of a better term, outsmart the other hitters in the league and, you know, just throw other pitches in certain counts that most guys don't expect, like a 3-2 curveball. That's not very common. You know, a 3-0 curveball is definitely not common, but making my pitchers do that, you know, I don't want to say I made them do anything because they kind of carried me, you know, they were incredible. But, I mean, just kind of getting them out of that comfort zone, having them make that pitch, because I know all of those guys really thrive under pressure. And even the other guys that didn't really get a lot of time to pitch, but like John Arts, I mean, him and I worked a lot. Scott Wilson is another one I was really impressed. You know, I would put him on that list of four. He, you know, his confidence in his changeup was, I mean, his changeup was immaculate. And I mean, um, as a lefty, he being able to have that communication, because like the first game of the year, he was like, are you going to call my pitches? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I'll call him. He's like, cause I have no idea what to throw on what counts. And I was like, Oh dude, don't worry. Sit back. I got you. It's a, it's a mental game. And I love that aspect of catching. I might not have the strongest arm. I might not be Cole Hazelhorse, you know, but you know, I, I'd like to think I'm, I'm a, I'm a pretty smart catcher. And uh, you know, I, I really enjoy that. Speaking of Cole Hazelhorse, we've got him on the show right now, matter of fact, and, and Cole, you, you caught a couple of shutouts and you caught, uh, you know, three, contrasting pitchers you know we talked about clay murphy but uh you know let's talk about your approach to handling devin braswell and jacob smith in addition to just lefty and righty those are two guys who kind of go about the game a little bit differently 
Well, one thing I got to say beforehand is when Trevin's wishing he's me, there's there's things I'm wishing that I could do as good as Trevin. Pitch calling is one of them. The only reason I know that is because when Trevin was catching, I was batting. I didn't bat very well. But in regards to Devin and Jacob, uh, one thing as a catcher that you kind of develop over over the years and that kind of thing, it happens it happens over a long period of time that you get really comfortable with people. But in this, you, I mean, we do have eight or nine weeks. I can't remember specifically, but you have to kind of build that rapport very quickly. And if they don't, what, what I'm getting at when I say that is if they don't really believe in what you're trying to get them to do, it's very hard to get that to work. So to have Jacob and Devin, Devin, uh, well, I got to say something about Devin real quick. Devin did not have any confidence in his changeup. And when we look back now and look back at the recordings of the games, I think I think uh, Rance probably called Devin's changeup a fastball 85% of the time because he didn't throw very many fastballs. But just to get him to finally, he, he said, man, it's not, really, it's not really my pitch. I said, you don't understand. I said, I could not hit that, and I know it's coming. I said, you've got to trust me to throw that pitch. And he started to, and I think that's when he started to really kind of get in his groove. Jacob's got a lightning fastball. All he's got to do is trust it. And he he sometimes, I can tell sometimes he'd get a little uh, flustered or so, and all I'd go out there and say is, hey, just throw a fastball down the middle. And next pitch, he'd throw right down the middle, and whoever it was was late, or they'd watch it go by or whatnot. And then after that, he was fine for the rest of the game. Just to have those those three guys in specific Clay, Jacob, and uh, Devin, be able to trust me to say, hey, this is what I think we need to throw here, and then believe that that's the right thing and execute it, and then to see that it had a good result and then continue to make that a stronger connection. It really meant a lot with those three. It meant a lot with all of our pitchers. There was one pitcher that pitched in one of our games. He was an older guy. He was uh, throwing some weird stuff, but uh, I think he did okay, too. A little bit older. I think that would be uh, a little uglier, too. Yeah. No, I wouldn't say uglier. He was, uh, he went by coach sometimes, I think. Cole Hazelhorst's hand is going to be sore at the end of this one. Moon City Mavericks manager Daniel England was 45 when a half his age Cole Hazelhorst caught that inning. That was a highlight of the season was uh, having him out there and... uh, him shaking me off for fastballs and curveballs. And I'm like, I, I, I've had these three guys in sync all season. This is the guy that I can't I can't figure out right now. But I was very it, afraid. Uh, very afraid. To, I think I, I was terrified that he was going to strike me out. He ended up walking me, but I was like, I can't. I will never live this down if Dan England yeah. me out. We're, we're talking about Daniel England, yeah. So I remember uh, actually that that morning before the game I saw him out in center field and I was like Daniel you look like you are warming up with purpose today so I, I could just kind of tell he was thinking about going in he is now ahead in the count 0-1 on Trevin Beatty who looked at a fastball in the outer half everything England does from the stretch everything based off the two-seamer and, uh, and sure enough man I don't know if any of you guys have ever played catch with Daniel but it is like trying to catch a shot put that guy he hit the workouts like last week and the week before that. He's like, you mind catching me real quick? And he is like humming it in there at like 80. I'm like, how in the world is your arm still doing that? Mine hurts after like 10 pitches at this point. This edition of Burger Bites is brought to you by Rube Bats. Springfield Mets manager Brock Chaffin has been simmering through the winter trying to figure out where it went wrong for the Metropolitans in 2021. 
He's plotting his revenge and planning to take some orders for quality wooden baseball bats. A portion of the proceeds from every Rube bat or piece of Rube bats apparel goes to help shelter and rescue dogs right here in the Ozarks. Find them on Facebook at Rube Bats. That's R-U-E-B Bats. Quality wood, helping dogs, and keeping plastic out of the game. Rube Bats. We will continue the discussion of baseball, friendship, and the youth movement afoot in the Grip and Rip Baseball League in our next episode. Future Faces Part 2 will hit all your favorite podcasting platforms very soon. Until then, please make sure you've clicked like on the Burger Bites Facebook page. Every time you like a post, share an episode, or even tell a friend that it's not a terrible show, you are helping me grow the program. Until next time, I'm Rance Burger. Good night from Ozark, Missouri. Thank you.